Thank you, Pastor Ben. <coughs> My voice is still changing. It's supposed to be a joke, folks. <laughs> We're in for a long morning. <laughs> uh, man, what a privilege to be with you guys this morning. And uh, turn to your neighbor and say you look good. Right? How many of you had to say that in faith? I'm looking around. There's some faith people in this room today. We are honored to be with you. Thank you, Pastor Ben and Leslie. We've looked forward to this uh, opportunity to be with your church family. And you have wonderful pastors. Amen. Can we express appreciation to them today? Come on, let's let them know we love them. Amen. They love God, they love people, they love this community, and they love you. And they're doing a great job in leading your church. And, and let me say thank you for all that you are doing in your community to serve others and to demonstrate God's love in very practical, tangible ways. And wow, what an awesome story with the connection uh, of this sister-brother church. I don't know why we always call them sisters, but whatever. This, this, uh, this common church that we're all working together with the kingdom. So what a great story that is to be able to see that. And that's one of the, uh, really, the, the stories we like to be able to share is how churches work together in the community. And so uh, thank you for doing what you're doing. Uh, we, you guys have got connected with shoes, and now we have um, a thousand pairs of socks, right, that you are going to be able to give out. These are Bamba. I don't know how many of you have ever heard of Bamba, uh, but for every pair that they sell, they give a pair away, and they were connected with Convoy of Hope. And our team, which has five missionaries on it, uh, over the past two and a half years have given away uh, over 400,000 pairs of Bomba socks. And so, yes. So anything you can do to express appreciation to Bombas, um, you can go buy a pair. I will tell you, if you don't know, it's not going to be cheap to buy a pair, but it will be an investment that you're making uh, in that organization that is investing in the kingdom of God and touching people's lives uh, for, for the kingdom. Amen. And so I would just encourage you to do that. This is my wife, Kathy. And uh, she's going to share a little. Oh, we don't need to. I'm sorry. Yeah, we don't need to. Uh, sorry. I, I had told her originally we needed two microphones, but I, I don't want my wife to talk that much, so. I won't have the opportunity to. <laughs> it is good to be with you today. It was a beautiful drive here this morning. We were in Maysville last night and then this morning on the drive here it was a it's a beautiful drive this morning and so it's just a privilege to be with you today uh, like your pastor said we uh, make our home in Missouri just outside of Springfield Missouri and uh, but we are originally from uh, Arkansas the state of Arkansas or Arkansas as your pastor said and uh, Randy and I have been married for almost 42 years about a week and a half we'll celebrate 42 years of marriage uh, we have one son. Thank you. We have one. We have one son. His name is Randall, and here's a picture of him, his wife, and the most important people in the family, the grandkids. We got some grandmas and grandpas here. We should have had grandkids first, right? Because they are a lot of fun, and we enjoy getting to be with them and spoil them. Uh, we are Assemblies of God U.S. missionaries. We've been serving with Rural Compassion for 
a little over seven years, uh, but Randy and I have been in ministry for more than 40 years. Uh, we have been pastors. We've served on staff at churches in large communities and small communities. Uh, you know, it's just a privilege to serve wherever God places you and puts you at that time. And right now, uh, he has us here and serving in rural communities uh, in several different states, and we love what we get to do. And so and we are happy to be here and share a little bit about it this morning. Amen. So as my wife mentioned, we are Assemblies of God U.S. Missionaries. Uh, we base out of Springfield, Missouri. How many of you heard of Convoy of Hope? Okay, m many of you haven't, but go on the website, convoyofhope.org, and you can see the six initiatives that they are involved in literally around the world. Uh, and we are one of those initiatives. And, uh, uh, you know, it's it's been kind of a wacky world the past uh, six or eight months, hasn't it? And uh, so I know the pastor said, you know, if you they're not passing the, the plate because, you know, we want to stay germ-free, but uh, I'd be glad to take your offerings as well, and you can hand them directly to me. <laughs> I'll sanitize them, baptize them, and use them for the kingdom. Amen. <laughs> Just kidding, folks. Just kidding. It is honor and privilege. Thank you, Pastor, once again for allowing us to come. And serving, that's, that's really what it's all about. Amen. And so uh, as U.S. missionaries, there's three things that we really focus on. Uh, number one is training. And so this morning, we're kind of doing a joint uh, service with you today. We're, this is a presentation of Rural Compassion. We're, we're going to be a challenge at the end of it, but it's also kind of a mini training. So you have an outline there. There's good blanks on there. We're going to give you the fill-ins for those as we go through the, uh, the training this morning. But we met your pastors at a training in London, Kentucky, a couple, two or three years ago, where we had about 20 pastors that were there for uh, a Friday night, all day Saturday. And so this is this is our ministry, training pastors and churches to develop outreach ministries to serve their communities. Secondly, we, we provide resources, uh, and we are able to drive across the country, literally, we're 10 hours from home today, and we are in a Speed the Light uh, pickup truck, how many of you are familiar with Speed the Light? All right. And we have, we're pulling a Speed the Light trailer that your district was uh, so um, so good to bless us with that trailer. That, and so we're able to pull that. And we left Friday morning coming this way. And by the time we get through this afternoon going through Winchester, dropping off socks, we will have delivered 15,500 pair of Bomba socks. So thank you for Speed the Light for allowing us to, uh, to partner with you. But resources, not only those things, but we help churches find resources as well. And then the third thing that we do is just really encourage pastors and ministers uh, in the ministry. About 1,700 ministers leave the ministry every month across denominational lines. And so uh, as former pastors, we know what it's like to pastor a church. We know the joys of pastoring. We know the blessings of pastoring. But we also know the struggles and the burdens of pastoring. And so things like getting a call when you're on vacation, that your building has been taken away from you, right? Uh, that's a lot of pressure, right? But there's a lot of other things. So we just want to be a blessing to pastors. And we want to challenge churches across America to do all they can in just simple ways. A, a text, a phone call, a card, uh, a Blackberry cobbler. Come on, somebody, right? <laughs> you like Blackberry cobbler, right? You get the Blackberry. If you'll bring him the Blackberry cobbler, she'll get the ice cream. And y'all can go home, and they're going to enjoy it, right? <laughs> They'll probably give you a piece of it. But uh, just blessing your pastor. Let them know that they uh, are encouraged and uh, blessed and, 
in, in ministry, go a long ways to keeping them in the ministry. So we believe the church really should get outside the four walls of the building and go into the four corners of the community. And what we call a serving revolution, is that we're not talking about an event, okay? We're talking about a culture. Everybody say culture. Culture. So we want to develop a serving culture in our churches. So it's not just an event of handing out shoes or handing out socks or giving candy away on, on October 31st. It's about everything that we do. How can we, how can we institute and make sure that we are serving others in our communities? How can we serve people that don't know Jesus? That's what it's all about. And, and what a great testimony. Five, five people came into the kingdom already in this church. Man, that's awesome. And like they said, uh, it, it, your, your church is uh, a part of that, right? If, if God gives check marks or stars for uh, souls coming into the kingdom, you got five more check marks, right? It's five more stars. But we want to infuse a serving revolution into the DNA of the church so that everything we do, Everything we plan, everything that we, we uh, present is centered around serving. So here's a question for you. These are going to be your first fill-ins. Why serve? And so we serve others for several reasons. Number one, because Jesus did. Mark 10, 45 says, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Our purpose in living for God here on this earth is to serve others so that they will know and experience the love of God as well. Number two, the church and its purpose are best expressed outside the four walls of the church, right? Uh, uh, you, you, if you've ever sold cars before uh, or you bought a car, you know that the car salesperson doesn't just want to sell cars to the people in the dealership. Their job is to sell cars to people outside the dealership. Number two, or number three, it's a tangible expression of, of the love of God for lost humanity. Tangible. Everybody say tangible. Tangible. That means you can taste it, you can touch it, you can feel it, right? And so it's like the engagement ring that a man gives to a, a lady when he asks him to marry her or when he asks her to marry him. That engagement ring is a tangible. This, I love you, right? I love you. And number four, it makes us irresistible to the world, right? It's kind of like a... Uh, when I was growing up, um, the only kind of cough medicine or liquid medicine, the only flavor they had was what I called yuck. <laughs> come on, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And now, come on, oh, man, grape and cherry, right, and strawberry. Uh, I, I heard they got bacon-flavored. I don't know, you know. Be a good idea, right, for us grown-ups, right? And so now... That, that my, my little grandbaby, the little smallest one about a year or so ago, she was at the house and, she, and her mama had dropped her off and dropped some medicine, liquid medicine off for her that she needed to take while she was there. And Kathy said, come on, me, it's time for your medicine. And, man, you thought she was coming for waffles or something, man. She come running like a, like a newborn uh, bird waiting on the worm, had that mouth open ready for that medicine, right? We didn't have to hold her down or... Or, or, or blow in her face. No, that medicine was, she wanted some more of it, right? And serving our communities makes the gospel irresistible. Number five, it tears down barriers and it opens hearts. They say the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. The way to the heart of our community is serving. The way Jesus touched the hearts of mankind and the world is through serving by giving his life 
on the cross of Calvary. He took our place. He served us in a powerful, powerful way. And so you've heard this before. People don't care how much you know. Do they know how much you care, right? You've heard that. I throw this tag on there. People won't know how much you care until you show how much you care. Demonstrate it. The Bible says in, in Romans 5, 8, but God, everybody say, but God. But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God sent Jesus to be the tangible demonstration of his love. He didn't just shout out from heaven one day, hey, all you heathens down in Vanceburg, Kentucky. <laughs> what? He probably should have. Yeah. I love you. No. He said, the Bible says, God, for God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only begotten son. Right? Jesus didn't just shout out from the hilltops over here. Hey, all you folks down in Vanceburg, I want you to know that God sent me and he loves you. No, he said, God sent me to show you that he loves you. Right? And so our opportunity and our obligation is not just to tell people that God loves them, but to show people that God loves them. And that's why we do truck or treat. Come on, somebody. It's not just about the candy. It's not candy. It's a it's a it's like a it's like the 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 uh, the, the, the bait on the hook, right? Socks. It's not just you're not just giving away socks, you're giving away love. You're telling people that God loves them, and this is our tangible demonstration, right? And so let me see that. She got a new device up here. I've never done this. So uh, Pastor Ryan Martin in Wellsprings Church in Blyville, Arkansas said this. Serving meets physical needs so people will hear spiritual answers. That's what it's all about. Why are we doing trunk or treat? So everybody gets some candy? Yeah. But why do we want to give them candy? We're meeting a physical need so they'll hear a spiritual answer. Why do we give shoes to kids? We want them to hear a, we want to meet a physical need so they'll hear a spiritual answer. Why are we going to give socks away? Why are we going to uh, do a, a dinner for people? Why are we doing all this stuff? Because we want to meet a physical need so people will hear a spiritual answer. And the Bible says, do not grow weary in well-doing. Because in due season or due time, you will reap if you faint not. And so I've got a theory that the reason the Bible, God put that in the Bible is because he knew that we were going to grow weary. Right. And he's saying, don't grow weary in doing well, because eventually you're going to have the rewards of your serving. Right. Come on, somebody. And so we need to understand that as when we begin to serve people and touch them with, with tangible expressions of God's love and they don't immediately respond to us, it'll be easy to get weary and say, Pastor, why are we doing that? Why we, you know, Pastor, I'd rather sit at home and, and give out candy. I'd rather take my grandkids and go door-to-door -door candy. You know, I, 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 why are we doing this? Why are we, uh, those shoes was a lot of work, right? Right? I mean, come on, it was a lot of work to do those shoes. And, and even though the shoes didn't cost you anything, it was a lot of time. It was a lot of hard work. There's going to be some work involved giving out socks. There's other things that your church is doing that you are physically and financially investing in. And you may ask yourself one day, Pastor, Pastors, why are we doing all this? This is costing a lot of money. This is taking up my time. When you come to that point, you ask yourself, you bring yourself back to this very statement. We meet physical needs so people will hear spiritual answers. That's why 
we are doing it. A tangible expression of God's love. Amen? And so Kathy's going to come to share a little bit now about uh, stakeholder relationships and school friendships. When we talk about stakeholders, uh, what we're talking about are people of influence within your community. These are people who have a voice in what happens there. And so we want to identify who they are because we want to partner with stakeholders in our town as we serve. And so uh, some examples of stakeholders are going to be government or elected officials or local leaders. These are people that aren't elected to serve, but maybe they have positions of influence within your community. Maybe they lead a large business or uh, they're, they're business owners. They're the superintendent of schools. They have other positions where they would be local leaders. Uh, groups or organizations, if there are any civic organizations like Lions, Kiwanis, uh, Rotary, the Chamber of Commerce, uh, they're going to be local leaders there. And then help agencies. And these are things like um, food pantries, uh, crisis pregnancy centers, any place in your community where people in need are going to go for help, those are examples of stakeholders in your community. And so we want to look for ways that we can connect there. And maybe that's going to be through a meeting. And it doesn't have to be a formal meeting uh, where you call up and you make an appointment. It could be just something very informal. Uh, you know, some of you are stakeholders. Uh, you know, I, I met one elected official this morning before church, so I know you have at least one stakeholder in your in your church. There's probably others of you, or your friend or neighbor or coworker is a stakeholder in the community. So these could just be very informal conversations where you talk to them about, hey, what are the needs in our community? Because you know, depending on how they serve within your community, they're going to be aware of needs that you may not have any idea are uh, needs in your community. They may know about things that are happening or they may even know about things that are getting ready to happen in your community. And so they can give you some insight onto some needs and some uh, uh, areas of need in your community that you as a church could help address. And so it could be just a, a very informal meeting or it could be even be a group meeting. Uh, if there are meetings uh, like a city council or the school board meeting, me meetings that are open to the public, you can go and just sit and listen to what they're talking about. What are they voting on? What are what seems to be areas of importance in their discussions in those meetings? And you're going to learn a lot about things that are happening in your community. Uh, and then you could also connect through notes, calls, emails, texts. Uh, and, you know, you don't have to uh, have something formal to say. It could just be say, hey, hey I just want to let you know we appreciate you. We want you to know that we're praying for you as you serve our community. Uh, we want you to know we saw that you championed this cause in our town. Thank you for what you did. Uh, you know, not a lot of people take the time to express appreciation like that. And so it can go a long way with forming and developing relationships in your community. It could also be little gifts, and they don't have to be expensive gifts, just something to let them know, hey, you know, we, we appreciate you. Uh, look for opportunities to volunteer. You know, a lot of times there are things going on in your community, and they need some people to help. 
and you don't have to plan it. You don't have to pay for it. You need to just show up and help for a few hours. And it's going to put you in contact, not just with stakeholders, but with people in your community that you may not normally have contact with. So it's a it's a great way to connect get connected with people in your town just by volunteering. And some one of the key stakeholders that you want to connect with in the community are the public schools. Uh, now, I know uh, Pastor Leslie drives a, a bus, so you've got some connection there already. Maybe some others of you have connections with the school. And so uh, if you connect with the school, because in the rural community particularly, the heart are very, the uh, school is very heart of the community. So look for ways that you can connect there. Uh, maybe uh, by doing something for teachers or the staff, the students, uh, with e connecting with events or buildings and grounds. You know, right now, school looks very different than it did this time last year. And, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity over the last few months to talk to some teachers since school has resumed uh, in the fall. And, you know, for a lot of schools, School looks totally different. And even from school to school, school looks different. Some of them are doing total virtual. Some of them have uh, students there part of the week and then they're virtual part of the week. And some of them have half the students one day and another half of the students another day. And, and some of them are kind of doing both. I talked to one teacher in Tennessee a couple of weeks ago and she had like 20 students in the classroom and then she had another five students that she was teaching virtually. And how many of you know all of that going on is putting a lot of stress on our teachers? And uh, I was talking to a, a teacher just before the school year started and she was talking about in her small school how many teachers that were near retirement said, okay, that's it, I just can't take it and I'm getting out. And, you know, she was talking about how many teachers quit or retired, took early retirement before the school year started because they realized, hey, this is going to be totally different. We're going to have a whole new set of ways of teaching to learn and uh, managing all these different avenues of learning is going to be very difficult. And so if you can do something for teachers just to let them know, hey, we recognize that you have a stressful job right now, and we appreciate you. We appreciate what you're doing. We appreciate the investment that you're making in our students day after day. That will just go so far in, uh, in uh, you know, just making them feel appreciated and let them know, hey, somebody recognizes. Uh, one church sent us this picture. This is a refrigerator in the teacher's lounge. So they went in and they stocked the refrigerator in the teacher's lounge with soda and water and some different snack items. Uh, again, just to kind of let them know, we appreciate you. Thank you for what you're doing. If you're going to take something like that to the school or the fire department, the police department, anywhere in your community, any gift like that, be sure right now it's individually wrapped. Uh, you know, a year ago, you could have taken a couple of boxes of donuts and just dropped them off, and that would have been fine. But now, you know, they want those things individually wrapped. So if you're going to do that, make sure things are individually packaged. Uh, another church 
purchased aprons for the cafeteria workers. You know, another group of people in the school who have an important job to do, so and they don't usually get a lot of recognition. And so they purchased aprons and had the school mascot embroidered there on the front of the aprons. Again, just to let them know, hey, we appreciate what you're doing in our town. Another church, this was a church in Virginia, and they sent this to us just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, they packaged up rolls of lifesavers. You see there's a roll of lifesaver and then some of those individually larger lifesavers. And uh, they put them in a bag, and there's a note there. We want you to know, we know your life is challenging. We know your job is difficult. You are thought of, appreciated, prayed for. You are a lifesaver. And this church packaged up about a 1,000 of those and gave them to every employee at the schools in their community. Uh, but, you know, you could do the same thing with uh, police, firefighters, anybody serving in your town, uh, people working in medical services. Uh, you know, that would be a great way. It doesn't, it's not a huge investment of finances, but it just lets them know, hey, there are people out there who, who recognize that this is a difficult time for us and they appreciate what we're doing. Um, you know, work together. I appreciate this, you guys being here today. Work together with other churches. Uh, this, little, uh, this is a community of Rosebud. That's in Arkansas. I don't know if you can read the population there, but Rosebud has 482 people. And in Rosebud, there are seven churches. And Randy and I have had the opportunity to go there and do some training uh, similar to this uh, with those seven churches. And they are working together to meet needs in their community. And they are connecting as a group to work with the school. And this was a picture from a back-to-school event that they did a, a few years ago. Uh, where they gave away school supplies. Uh, you see the Kleenex, hand sanitizer, and Clorox wipes which, hey, those items are like gold in the classroom. <laughs> even, even a few years ago they were, but particularly now. Uh, teachers really appreciate having those items. So they had items for teachers. They were providing haircuts. But, you know, it was just really neat to see how those churches were working together. Uh, Randy and I were at, at this, this particular event, and uh, the p one of the pastors shared with us how he had been in a neighboring town a couple of days earlier purchasing some of the supplies they needed for this event. And he said that there was a man in the store watching him as he wheeled these cartloads of supplies up to the cash register. And he said, finally, the man came over to him and he said, what are you doing with all of that stuff? And how many of you know there's always somebody like that at the store who wants to <laughs> know what you're doing with that stuff in your cart? So he came uh, and so the pastor told him about this back to school event that was happening. And and the man goes, your church is doing that. And the pastor goes, no, all the churches in our town are, are doing this. And the man goes, do you mean to tell me all the churches in your town are working together to do something? And the pastor said, yes. And the man goes, I have never heard of that. And he goes, where do you live? And the pastor said, I live in Rosebud. And the man goes, well, I want to live in Rosebud. <laughs> you know, there's just something when God's people work together, there's something that attracts people. And they want to be part of that as well. Uh, you know, shoes, I know that you did a, a large shoe giveaway. 
but you know you can connect with the school and you don't have to have hundreds of pairs of shoes you can connect with the school and say hey if you have kids who need a pair of shoes let us know we as a church want to help meet that need um, we were working with one church and they did that and they found out that kids at the school needed shoes and you know they were a small congregation they didn't have the funds to go out and buy uh, the 30 pairs that were needed for that school that the kids needed at that particular school but you know they partnered with stakeholders in their town and they were able to get those 30 pair of shoes that were needed at the school uh, you know there are people in your town that don't go to church but they care that there are kids who don't have a pair of shoes to wear to school and if they know that you are doing something to help meet the needs of kids in your town they will be more than happy to help you and uh, so don't be afraid to ask them because it's already in their heart they want to do that and you're giving them an avenue to do something that's in their heart to do and you know what then you're going to be their hero because hey you know you've helped me to do something i wanted to do you've empowered me you've given me the way to do that and so don't be afraid to ask people to partner with you uh one church found out kids needed socks and underwear at the school they were partnering with so they collected those items and they called the day they brought those to church undy sunday i don't know if you can read that and they set up an area out in the foyer of the church where people could leave those items, and they put up this sign out there. <laughs> you know, there's just all sorts of creative <laughs> ways that you can <laughs> serve in your community and, and serve in your town. Uh, you know, uh, again, right now, uh, maybe it's sanitizing desks. Uh, again, I talked to a teacher a couple weeks ago, and she told me that every time a group of kids left her classroom, she had to go through and wipe down all the desks before the next group of kids came in there. You know, maybe if you have the time, you could go into the school at the end of the day and say, hey, you know, uh, at the end of the day, we'll come in and we'll wipe down all the desks so the teacher doesn't have to do that and they're ready for the next morning. Um, you know, maybe you can't stay there all day and do that between every class change, but maybe you could do it at the end of the day. Uh, the uh, school that my grandkids, my two older grandkids go to, they have days built into their calendar, uh, their school calendar for sanitizing. They're, and the kids don't come to school those days, and they're sanitizing, wiping down desks and doorknobs and all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, maybe if your school is doing something like that, maybe you could ask, hey, can we help? Can we volunteer? Can we do that? Uh, you know, just go to the school. Say, hey, what can we do to help? Uh, because, you know, not a lot of people ask that question. Uh, don't go in and say, hey, here's what we want to do. Ask, what can we do to help? What can we do to be a blessing to you? Uh, you know, maybe you could do something outside in the front of the school, plant flowers or uh, you know, maybe the landscaping has been neglected. And so maybe you can take the, maybe you have a green thumb and it would give you great joy to do something in front of the, the school. And, you know, there are just no shortages of ways to be involved. And, and I just want to leave you with this encouragement. You know, a lot of times uh, we tend to focus on what we don't have and what we can't do. Uh, but, you know, God doesn't care what you don't have. All he wants to know is what are you going to do with what you do have? 
Uh, you know, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is the feeding of the 5,000. And, you know, you read there that the disciples, they're aware of the need. They see that, hey, we got a lot of hungry people here. It's late in the day. And so let's just send them on their way so that they can get something to eat. And Jesus said, no, you give them something to eat. And the disciples are looking at Jesus like, well, where are we going to get that much bread to feed these people? And uh, he said, well, what do you have? And they presented to him these few little loaves of bread and few peas of fish, which in comparison to the crowd, thousands of hungry people, that seemed insignificant. But Jesus didn't look at it and go, that's all you got? You know, you can't come up with anything else? No, it said that Jesus took it and he blessed it and he broke it. And then what did he do? He handed it back to them. You know, and it doesn't tell us in the Bible that when Jesus blessed it, then, you know, then it was magically or miraculously a mountain of fish and bread. It was still a few little pieces of bread and a few little pieces of fish. The multiplication happened when the disciples handed it out. And, you know, a lot of times we hang on to what we have saying, God, when you give us more, then we're going to do something. But, you know, God is waiting on us to begin to hand out what we already have. And we're going to see that as we hand it out, that God then is going to multiply it and make it more than enough to meet the need. God can take the seemingly insignificant and do something magnificent with it if we'll just place it in his hands. Amen. Y'all doing all right this morning? Okay, well, let's look at uh, specifically our community involvement. And I want to say this, the church is the one institution that exists for those outside of it. We don't exist for ourselves. Don't get me wrong. We want you, we want you spiritually fed, spiritually cared for, but there's a reason for that, right? So that we can go outside and share with those outside of our walls. So I want to talk about some community involvement ideas that will require money and don't require money because that's always the big question that pops up as well. How much is this going to cost, right? You you might have been thinking while Kathy was going through that list of things to do, you think like, man, that's, that's going to cost a lot of money. We don't, we don't have that in the budget. Well, it's not a budgetary item, right? right? Serving your community is not a matter of finances. It's a matter of faith. What are you willing to believe God for? So let's talk about some things. Number one, I want to say this. When we talk about all these ideas, Undy Sunday, you know, woo, that's, that's funny. Let's drop our drawers. Come on, man. Let's do it, right? And uh, it, sounds, it sounds cool. Well, we even with socks and shoes. Listen, don't do anything until, number one, be led of the Lord. I'm going to give you some B's through this next few uh, sections. And so be led of the Lord. Make sure it's something that God wants you to do, not just something that somebody else did. And it might have worked for them, but it may not work for you unless it's something God wants you to do. Okay, so be led of the Lord. So I want to talk about some things that, that don't require money. Okay, so this is actually here in Kentucky. Pastor Chris Manning, and how many of you have ever been to Madisonville? Anybody been to Madisonville? Madisonville? Pastor Chris has been there for several years and uh, serving the community. This was an idea that came from one of his underground coal miners in the church. He said, Pastor, let's go to the, they call them the resource center 
uh, or a service center there in Madisonville. And you see the big blue dumpsters? So those are at the service center. And on Saturdays, people drive. Do you all have something like that here? Where you drive through on Saturday and you get rid of all your big dump, you know, big stuff. Like there's some pallets, uh, the, the lady carrying the bag there. That's the pastor's wife. And so we're going we're gonna to help people unload their trucks and their cars with their big trash. And while we're doing that, we can talk to them, right? And so out of that serving event on a Saturday, the next two Sundays, there was five families. Everybody say five. Five. Not five people. Five families that visited the church who drove through there. Some of them were trying to give, give them money, you know. Oh, y'all doing a fundraiser? No, 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 we're just serving. You see, a lot of times... The church or the community has this, has this mentality that the church is always asking for money. You know, I don't know where they got that, right? Oh, maybe because the church is always asking for money, right? No. Maybe that's why they had that mentality. Maybe that's why those people thought they were trying to raise funds. No, they were just there to serve. You know, it's time the church starts giving more than asking for stuff. Amen? Be the givers, right? And so one lady came to this uh, event, and she came to church, gave her life to the Lord, joined the church, got baptized, still a part of the church. That's a home run, right? That's a home run. That's what we want, right? That's what, that's what the goal is. We need physical needs so people will hear spiritual answers, right? So the second B for you after be led of the Lord is to be creative. Think outside the box. I don't have a picture of it, but uh, Lake Village, Arkansas, uh, just a few months ago, they sent us a picture of people in the church. They had gone to the local grocery store, like most small communities, there was one grocery store in town, and they went and they were sanitizing the shopping carts for the, for the store. You know, the store already had the, the things to, to spray them down and wipe them down because they were doing that. But a team from the church went and said, hey, let us do that for you. And they had a sign up that said, uh, uh, take advantage of the, of the uh, sanitized shopping carts, compliments of Lake Village Assembly of God, right? And so not only were they meeting a need, they were building a relationship with that store owner, right? They were forging a partnership with that store owner, okay? And so there are going to be a lot of things that you can do that don't require money. Obviously, there are some things that are going to require money. This is Valley Springs, Arkansas. I don't know if you can see it. A little town of 167, right? So these are the kind of towns we go to, the little small towns. See that? What, what's that sign say right there? Free lunch. Folks, that was not a free lunch. Now, the people that received it, it was free to them. But the church, they had to provide that lunch, right? They had to invest some money to purchase that those lunch. You can't see it, but right here in the bottom, there's a stack of, of plastic tubs with like 5,000 Easter eggs filled with candy, right? They had to buy those. They had to put that candy in there. This was a big investment. This was the last year they did this, not because it cost money, but because there were so many people. They had 1,800 people come to their little park. It became so large, they just, the church decided they were going to split it up, right, and make it like three events during the year so that the, the numbers would be a little less, right? 
And so don't let the attitude of we can't afford to do this invade our hearts and our minds. We need to have the attitude of we can't afford not to do this. There's a little principle that I call the, the principle of the kings and the priests. And the, the principle says this, that the priest has the vision. So who's the priest? It's the pastor. It's the church and the community. That's the priest. And the king has the provision to fulfill the vision. Well, who's the king? The king are the stakeholders in your community. The king are Dollar General or Walmart or the local grocery store, right, or the local um, uh, farm and home or Orchland or whatever kind of little uh, store you've got like that. Those are kings. Or there's people in your community that are kings. Pastor Billy Meeks pastors in Hohenwald, Tennessee, right? He was going to do a uh, – he, he built a new building, and was very involved in the community, served on the city or the county board, um, very involved, been there several years. And when they started raising funds for their new building, Pastor, you'll be interested in this. And I, I, I really believe this is going to happen to y'all, okay? He had, he had people in the community giving them money that didn't go to his church. Well, y'all are excited about it like he was, right? Didn't go to his church. They were giving money for him for his building fund. Come on, somebody, right? Right? There were other churches, come on, that were sending them money for their building fund. Come on now. That's a big blessing. They got in the building, and Pastor Billy sent me a text on a Sunday morning. He was standing in the, in the lobby out there, and he texted me. This He said, a lady just left. She just pulled into the covered drive, got out of her car, came into the lobby, gave me a check made out to our church for $1,000. Come on. You take one of those, won't you, Pastor? Yeah. $1,000 check. Then she got in her car and drove off to her church. <laughs> All right? That's a, she wasn't a king, but she was a queen. Right? So what I'm saying is there are people in your, in your community or organizations or business. You can go on Walmart.com and fill out an application for a grant. Everybody say grant. That's not a loan. That's a grant. That's free money. Now, you know, sorry, you, you, you can't, you know, paint your office or, you know, you, you got to serve the community, right? Right? So you could buy candy or, or you could buy shoes or, or whatever, you know. There, there's, there's kings in your community, right, that want to, like Kathy said, there are people that want to help kids, Right? And when you start to do things, and as you're already doing things, people are going to take notice of what you're doing. And they're going to, there's going to be people that are going to say, hey, Pastor, you know, uh, I don't go to church anywhere, but I, I was noticing you used to have a trunk or treat. You haven't been doing that all these years. I was wondering, uh, is it okay if I make a donation to that? And you're going to say, well, you don't go to church anywhere? No, we can't take your money. You don't go to church anywhere. <laughs> no, you're not going to say that. Right? right? Come on. Y'all follow me? You're not going to say that. You're going to say, yeah, just make it out you know, to the name of the church or make it out to cash. We're going to get some candy, right? Or we're going to buy some socks or whatever. Those are kings in your community. So don't worry about the money because, like I said, the, the law of the little says it takes a little to do a lot. And you start doing your little, and there's going to be a lot more come in these, like, the, like Kathy talked about, the, the, the fish and the, and the loaves, right? It just takes a little. And just, look, just do what you can with what you have. Don't be afraid. Come on. God is going to stretch you. 
if we've learned anything about COVID is that God is stretching the church. It's uncomfortable to be stretched, right? Y'all going to laugh at me about this. Years ago, uh, I, I took step aerobics. I told you he's going to laugh. Step, step aerobics. And the first thing they do in step aerobics is they spend about 10 minutes stretching. Well, I played sports all my life, you know. So I would go into step aerobics, and I would sit at the back of the room while everybody was stretching because I don't stretch, right? I wish I would have now, <laughs> right? Because stretching hurts, right? Stretching hurts. And God's been stretching the church, and God's been stretching Christians during this time. And you know what it's going to do? It's going to make you stronger. Come on, somebody. It's going to make you, it's going to make you flexible. You've got to be flexible. You know, you can't, maybe you can't always go inside for church. You've got to have it online or in the parking lot. Or, or you can't take the offering like you, or I'm sorry, you can't receive the offering. Like we don't take the offering. We receive the offering. Y'all know what I'm talking about. There's a difference there. Now, I'll take the offering. I don't care. But we're going to receive the offering, right? Right? No. And so what happened? Hey, you know what? I'm getting off point here. Everybody said, that's all right. We've talked to, I don't know how many churches, most of them like yours, during this COVID. That's a cuss word. Come on. And so I can't tell you how many of them have said that during this crisis that their finances have gone up even though they're not passing the plate, right? People are being stretched. They're learning how to give online. And they're finding out that's a good way to give online, right? It's a good way to give, right? And so churches, I mean, we talked to one just recently. We handed, gave socks out. Their, their income has tripled. Come on, tripled, right? It's going up. Why? That's what happens when you're stretched, right? You build strength. Things change. And we, oh, Lord, we... Everybody, you know, everybody's for change until you got to change, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? I better get back. My wife's going to get back over here, back over here. All right, so there's two ways you can be involved in your community. Number one, simple, plug into the community calendar. So what's one thing that happens in Vanceburg every year, community-wide? Normally, July 4th, right? All right. So, what do you do anything for do anything at Christmas around here? Christmas parade, okay? Everybody's gonna have mask on. Jingle bells, jingle bells, <laughs> right? So, look at your community calendar, find what's going on in your community, and plug into that, right? So, you you've been led of the Lord, you're being creative, right? And now you you want to you 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 want to be uh, consistent, being consistent in what you're doing. Right, so that plugging into that community calendar is going to help you be consistent. Uh, here's a couple of things. Here's a Fourth of July event. Here's a Christmas parade. Right, and so you could, you don't have to have a float in the parade. You don't have to have inflatables at the Fourth. You just go like Kathy said and volunteer. What can we do? Or maybe you can do something different. Right, there are people now that are doing drive-through events. Right, and so find something that you can plug into. That you as a church, and it doesn't take everybody, it just takes a handful, go to that organizer and say, hey, what can we do to help? 
and plug in to that community event. Number two, you can adopt a group, an organization, or thing. So you're going to be led of the Lord. You're going to be creative. You're going to be assured where God guides, God provides kings and priests. And then you're going to be consistent. And then you're going to be intentional. Everybody say intentional. Be intentional. So um, landscaping areas, maybe uh, in your downtown area. Or here's an easy one. You got a cemetery. A lot of these cemeteries around here, they, they get neglected. Nobody goes in, cleans them up. You can go clean, uh, clean the cemetery up, right? And and it, all the people that are there, they're not going to bother you. They're not going to talk bad at you because they're all dead. <laughs> y'all ain't getting it. Y'all don't follow my humor. Don't okay, I'm going to talk about being intentional. Thousand pairs of socks. You know the easiest thing to do with these is take them to the school and go, here, we got a thousand pairs of socks. I'm going to bring them in and give them to you. You can give them to the kids. You know, that's easy. That's not very intentional. Because why do you want to be intentional? Because you want to build a relationship, right? You're building a bridge. That's what the church is all about, building a bridge. You're building a relationship, Right, and so you don't want to just go. Here, here's the socks. Give them. No, you want to create a ministry opportunity with the socks, right? So maybe you want to go into the school and ask the school, say, "Hey, we'd like to sponsor a uh, a, a, a rally with all the kids during the middle of the day, and we're going to bring somebody in. They're going to talk about anti-bullying, right? And then we're going to call it the event uh, Socket to Me." Sock it to me. You remember that? Sock it to me. Sock. Some of y'all are too young to know that. Sock it to me. Sock it. How many of you don't remember that? How many of you do remember that? Sock it to me. Okay, so you're following. So you're going to have any sock it to me, anti-bullying, right, at the school. And then after that rally's over, all the kids are going to get a pair of socks, right? And if the school lets you, maybe a piece of candy. You know, they're kind of like, ah, we want to give them asparagus. No, you don't. You don't want to give them asparagus. No kid wants asparagus over a piece of candy, right? Because if, if, if your kid's that way, they're just weird. That's all I got to say, <laughs> right? Asparagus, that's a foreign substance. All right, so you're going to be, con- you got to be intentional because your building touches. Somebody uh, said, well, you know, we do all this stuff and nobody comes to church. And I said, well, whose fault is that? That you're doing all this stuff and nobody comes to church that you're that you're ministering to because you're not ministering to them, you're giving them stuff, right? And everybody, people will take your stuff all day long, right? But and, but and it's easy to give. You don't want to just give stuff. You want to give life. Everybody say life. You want to give life, right? And so you have to be intentional about what you're doing. There are no shortages. Of opportunities, there are only shortages of opportunists. So is your church going to be an opportunist church? So here's the question. If your church ceased to exist, would it have a detrimental impact on your community? Think about it. That's a a powerful question. If your absence doesn't affect them, your presence never mattered. That's powerful right there. If, if your church was no longer on this hill and shut down, would it have a detrimental? If when they called you and told you 
you lost your building, right? I don't know anything about it, but you have to ask yourself, oh, are we going to be missed? Is our church going to be missed? Is it going to be a detrimental impact on our community because they took our building? We don't, and we're all we're all going to spread out and go somewhere else. Because if your absence doesn't affect them, your presence never mattered, right? It, it never mattered. And I believe God's got great things in store for these churches. Amen. But we have to be intentional, and we're going to have to do what we can to serve others. So what can you do real quick? I'm going to hit it real quick. I want to challenge you to do one thing. Everybody say one thing. I'm talking personal right now. One thing, personal. For one person. Everybody say one person. One person. One time. Just one time. Well, why? Why just one time? Because if you do one thing for one person, one time, and you realize the impact that you make on their lives for the kingdom, nobody's going to have to beg you to do it again. You're going to want to do it again. Nobody's going to have to set it. The pastor's not going to have to have an event for you to get involved. No, you're just going to go do it because you see the impact. So my question for you today is, how many of us are willing to do one thing for one person one time? Huh? Right? We all, let's all stand to our feet, can we, right now? Everybody stand to your feet, right? We're going to pray. We're going to ask God to help us to do one thing for one person one time. Amen? Let's all pray together. Just lift your hand to the Lord, would you? Come on. Father, we come before you today. We thank you, Lord, for your anointing. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, God, for the word that's gone forth. And we pray that your anointing and your blessing would rest upon us. We pray today, God, that you would help us as we leave this place, not just to be hearers of your word only, but to be doers of your word, God, and to do what we can to touch somebody's life for the kingdom of God. As you're praying right now, would you just ask the Lord to show you what it is that you can do. It's something that you already know how to do. You don't need to learn a new skill. You don't need to read a book. You already know how to do it. You cook, you sew, you mow grass, you work on cars, you work on computers, you play music. That's the one thing you can do. Now say, Lord, I, as I get ready to do this, who can I do it for? Who God lays somebody on my heart, somebody that needs me, somebody that has clothes that need to be sold and altered. I can sew it for them. People that need their car worked on, God, I can work on their car. People that just need a ride to the doctor's office, I can, I can give them that ride. People that need somebody to go to the grocery store for them, God, somebody that needs a, a, a home-cooked meal. I love to cook. I can cook that meal. God, show me that person and help me to do what I can to demonstrate God's love in their lives in a very practical, tangible way to pull them into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Now, can we just give God a little praise right now all across the building? Lord, we praise you right now. We give you glory and honor. Hallelujah. We thank you so much, God, for all that you're doing. And, Father, we give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you love the Lord this morning? Shout a big amen. 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 Give the Lord a big hand clap. Where's you as you're seated?